Dateline, 6th of August, 2022. Well, g'day folks and welcome to the Australia Desk for this episode, which I believe is 7-11. And Grant, yet another year has passed where we didn't go to Oshkosh. What's going on? Yeah, I know, I know. It's just uh, slack, I guess. Slack. And, and, and possibly broke. I don't know. Por que no los dos? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't, are we allowed to leave this prison island now? I don't know. I think we um, are. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. kid, I kid. I know we people are. Have been, know people we have been doing it and bringing back all sorts of new ver- variants of bloody COVID and causing Great. all sorts of gr- grief and yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's kick this one off, Grant. And look, normally we like to keep things pretty upbeat here on the Australia desk, but we want to start this report by acknowledging the passing of a few people that are uh, quite important to us. Uh, Grant, not the least of which, of course, is your father, Jim, who passed away between uh, this report and the last one. Yeah, that's right, mate. Of course, we've uh, had the laying of the brick, the ceremonial brick for Glenn Towler. Uh, for those who were at uh, Oshkosh, we're able to go yeah, and... A good man, a good man. Yeah, no, I met, met up with him a number of times in, at Oshkosh and also in New Zealand on visits over there. And uh, we've also had the sad passing of Dave Higdon from the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast. And, yeah, this, the, I believe we've had the anniversary of the passing of your father as well. Uh, yeah, in fact, uh, just this week, that's uh, actually 20 years. But I would note that too because he had a, a great influence on my um, love of aviation. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah as did my father. Uh, former New Zealand Air Force uh, air crew on Sunderland's and then Orion's went over to the US to pick up their very first Orion's. Lots of stories of hanging out in the US and getting up to mischief in um, in San Francisco out of Moffat Field, uh, flying to Hawaii, training missions out to Hawaii and things like that. And, of course, one of the times when a, uh, a senior officer in the P3 operation decided to take the P3 for the weekend to go visit family in Massachusetts uh, out in Cape Cod. So uh, flew to the base and grabbed a car and went over with, of course, Dad being part of the crew. So... Yeah, he he got to experience some amazing stuff while in the states, and uh, yeah, so sad to sad he's gone, but it was a heck of a life. And um, unfortunately, aside from about a half hour chat with him that I was able to record for um, for Dave Homewood's Wings Over New Zealand show, we never got a chance to sit down and record all his stories because he had some crackers. Yeah, and and uh, folks, uh, Grant's dad, Jim, he was an absolute gentleman. I had the privilege of meeting him several times, and uh, people often say Grant knows how to tell a story. Well, I can tell you where he inherited that from because uh, boy, could Jim tell some stories. A, a lovely man, mate, and my condolences to you, my friend. It's um, yeah, it's, a, it's a sad occasion. Thanks. We're uh, we're planning an ashes scattering. Mum's um, decided she wants to join the ceremony when she goes and have her ashes commingled with Dad's um, in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, we're if everything still is around and available, the, the plan is to commingle and scatter their ashes from an aircraft uh, near Hobsonville where Dad, uh, when they first met, Dad was on the Sunderlands based out of there and in Fiji, of course. And right across the bay is uh, Fanuapai where the Kiwis operated the P3s. So we're looking at doing a, uh, a touch and go there, get permission to do that. And so, yeah, it'll be a great commemoration. Um, we've just got away it was going to be early next year but mum's decided she wants to join the fun so to speak when she goes so uh yeah we'll that's all on hold at the moment oh dear dear and of course you mentioned dave higdon too grant um a pioneer in uh aviation podcasting along with uh, the whole ucap crew and we uh, we've been lucky to meet dave a few times too and I have some uh, fond memories of going to Oshkosh and probably the cheapest Chinese restaurant those guys could find. <laughs> I remember it was hilarious. It was actually Thai. 
Well, Ty, well, there you go. Because I got I got in trouble because I was chatting in Thai, and the girl said the Thai girl said, "Actually, I don't speak Thai," and everyone cracked up at the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, Grant, I bet people don't speak Australian either. And uh, boy, uh, that uh, sort of brings us on to this next theme. We have a new airline starting, Grant, and. Uh, well, now Americans probably won't appreciate this, but I know our Australian and probably New Zealand listeners will probably cringe as I did. It's called, are you ready? Bonza Airlines. Bonza Airlines, Grant. Good grief. Yes, truth. Beauty, mate. She's a Bonza. Ripper. So Bonza is is like Anya. Good. Bonza. It's Australian for good. Uh, that's former, it's some former Virgin Blue folks who have set this up. Uh, in conjunction with 777 Partners, an investment firm based in Miami. And uh, they're getting, I think it's five uh, 737 MAX 8s, uh, all in economy, and away they go. Yeah, interesting too. And the booking process they've actually gone with is um, all by app, I believe. Mate, that's right. Through their own app. Booking's not available on uh, websites, including their own. It's all through the app. And uh, the app has got what's going to allow you to uh, check in, you know, book your flight, check in, and also uh, buy things in the air, like get the catering menu and make your purchases, including merchandise. And I kid you not, they've got Bonza branded budgie smugglers. Oh, good Lord. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, budgie smugglers, also referred to as DTs, I'll let you figure that one out because T stands for togs, Um, the skimpy speedos, uh, the speedos that uh, you often see people wearing at the beach, many of whom should not, Um, cringeworthily, cringeworthily a former prime minister of ours was often seen in them. But, Uh, yes. uh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, look, I don't know. Um, There's some commentary here. I see the business model that they're using is being compared to that of Ryanair in Europe. So, well, you could look at that both ways, Grant, because, you know, everybody I know that's flown Ryanair hates it. But, uh, boy, that's a successful business model. So, maybe it will work. They're going to be going to destinations, too, that aren't – you know, that don't mirror the same mistakes, if I can put it that way, of some of the other previous airlines that have gone in and tried to, you know, take on the the, Virgin and Qantas here. They're going to go to some alternate destinations. So, that'll be interesting to see how that works out for them. Um, I just cannot believe, frankly, that they're going with this sort of jingoistic marketing. It just seems to me, it just screams low cost. But hey, Grant, people flew Tiger Airways too and look what happened there. Yeah, you and I have both flown them and uh, yeah, look, they are doing, uh, it looks like they're trying to get a lot of Victorians who want to go north um, to escape the cold because they're doing Melbourne and Avalon. Um, They're also doing Albury, which is uh, actually New South Wales, but right on the border and Mildura in the northwest. And they'll be doing things like Disappearing up to Port Macquarie, Newcastle, Coffs Harbour, Maroochydore, Bundaberg, Gladstone, Rockhampton, Mackay, Proserpine, Townsville, and Cairns. All the most of the last lot were all in Queensland. Look, interesting, uh, Grant. Uh, the other thing that they're doing, of course, is that they're having a competition to name some of their uh, Max Eight aircraft that they're getting. And uh, for our Australian listeners, well, if they're going to be called Bonza Airlines, I think they should be named after this guy. Ah, oh, geez, uh, ten o'clock already. Absolutely, King Bonza the Charismatic. <laughs> What a legend that gentleman was from the 80s. But, mate, their first aircraft has touched down. The paint scheme's pretty funky, the purple and all that, the bonzer with the uh, like a hand with a thumb up as the B. So, you know, they're going for it. Uh, yeah, they're definitely tapping into the, um, well, 
let's just say that there are some people who have uh, decided to call them Bogan Airlines. We'll hey, leave that, that one out there. Me. That was only me before we started recording, Grant. <laughs> how, how could you say that? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> if shoe fits, wear it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, if folks, if you want to have a look, you can check their website, flybonza.com. I don't know. Good luck to them. I just... I don't know. It just me. It just screams air cringeworthy is what it seems like to me. <laughs> I don't think you're part of the target market there, mate. Uh, yes. Well, I think that's probably true, my friend. Okay, let's shoot across to defence. You know, Grant, I was listening to the radio the other day, and I just happened to tune in a new service that just happens to be syndicated right across this great nation, and I heard these two guys. The US Air Force, Navy and Marine Corps have temporarily granted their F-35 Lightning II fleets for inspection after an issue was discovered with a vital component of the ejection seat system in a small number of jets last April. In a statement, the Department of Defence says Australia's F-35s will continue to fly following an independent risk assessment and Grant McHeron from Australian Defence magazine says they'll be keeping a close eye on any developments. The RAAF will have performed a risk assessment and determined that they are unlikely to have exposure to the component in question, thus there's no need for a stand down. Australia currently has 72 of the fifth generation fighter jets on order, with around 55 delivered so far. Steve Vischer, Air News. I tell you what, Grant, those guys sound like they're really slick. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, that was very professional sounding. Well, we should meet them. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we know? We've, we've read a fair bit about uh, the, uh, the ejection seat issues that have been found in a small handful of uh, mm-hmm. US and actually Israeli F-35s as well. Uh, the Royal Australian Air Force here, though, um, they're not going to stand down at this point. So uh, as you said in that article, it's been risk assessed and that's where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Uh, it, it's all batch controlled, of course. And uh, the indications are that the batches in question that uh, contain the faulty items uh, never made it to the aircraft that are now down here. Um, of course, don't forget, it's not just the F-35, but it turns out that the cartridge problem can also be affecting additional aircraft such as classic Hornets, Super Hornets, Growlers, Go- uh, T-45 Goshawk, and the F-5 Tiger II trainers. So, wow, uh, that's that's really quite a lot of aircraft that are uh, exposed here. But it seems that for the RAF, they've done their checks and they don't think they've, they're exposed. Of course, that wouldn't also happen to do with the fact that it's August and what happens in August? Oh, pitch black. Pitch black, yes. Yes, every <laughs> two years. Our, our biggest defence exercise every two years. Uh, you can't really call it like an Aussie red flag because it's nowhere near the scope of red flag. But you've got, uh, typically you'll have multiple foreign air, um, air forces and navies joining in. It's it's a massive air combat simulation. And you don't just have aircraft versus aircraft, but it's strike attacks on the ground. It's the whole works. It's a pretty amazing um, exercise. I remember 2014 being up in Darwin and being on base at Darwin and also at Tyndall, getting lots of interviews. Absolutely amazing. So much going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's good if they've granted half the US Air Force. That'll give our guys a better chance. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. <laughs> yeah, any opportunity, right? Yeah, well, of course, you know, uh, Australia is, um, you know, our Air Force at the moment is still in a, a transition period. I mean, you know, the, the older Hornets have uh, all been retired now. They, we still haven't got the full fleet that we've ordered of F-35. So we're not really in a position, as I see it, to be standing those jets down unless it's a really, really verified bad situation, which, uh, as you they grant it isn't right now. So um, we need those jets to be up there flying. We need uh, the the um, conversion training, I guess, for former Hornet pilots to be continuing. Um, and we need to, you know, be getting our, our pilots 
kept at peak proficiency uh, in the operation of those jets. So it, it makes sense to me that they're going to keep running them for now. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk or this month's Australia Desk. What has it been, three months since this the last quarters? One, yeah, it was back in May. Yes. Well, I guess we'll rest up for another three months and we'll, we'll probably come back then. Until then, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks. You know, Steve, I find it kind of interesting that the people doing bonds are ex-virgins. Okay. That must be an edit point. <laughs>